Something's clearly not right. The audio's not. Oh, I should turn the right pot up like a fucking ass, like a goddamn professional. All right, hold on. <laughs> Let's try again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the best movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Portress, and we are back yet again in a spectacular Marvel week. Oh my goodness. And I'm joined by Matt Smith. Hey everybody, I'm here. Oh my goodness. I, I saw this movie. We saw. I think everybody saw the movie. If you look at the box office, everyone saw this movie and pretty much nothing else. <laughs> Well, I mean, what, there wasn't anything else. No, it was hilarious how, like, you know, Fast and the Furious is like number one, number one, number one, and then it drops off. That I think I'd love to. I've got the numbers on me. I want to see what the uh, the percentage drop was because it had to be astounding. Yeah, I'm it, sure. It was at least forty, fifty, and then went to like eight. <laughs> Under Age of Adeline, of all things, Age of Adeline actually turned out to be some pretty good uh, popular, well, you know, for what it was, uh, opposite programming there, so not too bad. Well, you know, Avengers only beat Age of Adeline by like 180 million, well, so. you know, other than that. <laughs> it only beat it by that much, Just by so it was very close. Missed it by that much. <laughs> Uh, I guess I can look it up, but uh, I would imagine that brings the worldwide total somewhere around uh, 500 million at this point, right? That sounds about right. Uh, no, actually, maybe over the. I don't know. I don't really. At least, at least 500. At work yeah, today, I look it up. Look it up. Uh, but I'm gonna, so I'm gonna do the job that we're supposed to do. You know, <laughs> we we prep for nothing on this show. You you people should definitely know that by now. And if you don't, <laughs> welcome. Well, I mean, we watched stuff. <laughs> we did watch some stuff. I did. Well, I don't have a plethora of things. And Lord knows, here movie podcast is gonna have me working hardcore because I got to catch up for uh, Gotham because I have not watched Gotham in quite a long time. And we're gonna be reviewing uh, the whole season uh, come next week. I think it is. Uh, so it's going to be... Uh, I like Gotham. I know. A lot of people do. I just, just haven't... I mean, it's not for my lack of liking I'm what I have watched. I'm just pitching myself. If you're tired, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can take over maybe. and not say fuck again. Well, that's week. pretty... Hey, it's it's not the easiest of things to do. I'm amazed that I can have two shows where one where I'm allowed to curse as much as I want and the other one I curtail it. And It's, a, it's an okay thing. And the thing is, is the... I'm the one who put that onus in there. I, it was nobody else's. I was just like, you know, I want to uh, get to this as wide an audience as we can here, so maybe not so much with the cursing. So uh, so I just found it. Uh, worldwide box office what currently sits at $630 million. I said, we'll hit a million. Uh, we'll hit a billion out by uh, end of this here week. One would, yeah, I, one I would be very surprised if we don't. Now, Sunday's attendance was apparently down. I did read that this morning, uh, looking at the trades, but... Well, I talked about it a little bit on, on HMP uh, this week. And um, first of all, America, you should be ashamed of yourself if you watch two, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll nicely call them scumbaggy people, uh, beat each other in a ring. Now, I like, I, look, I, I'm an MMA fan. I don't, I, there's nothing against the sport of boxing and fighting and things that I don't like. These two people are generally despicable and or stupid people. 
and uh, you all decided to go <laughs> pay $100. Because for the last minute, I was just like, oh, you know, everybody, it's a big hype train, man. Why don't yeah. I go and uh, I'll check it out on pay-per-view. I pulled it up on the TV. There was $100. I'm like, kiss my ass, motherfucker. $100? Yeah, I, don't, I can't. I like boxing, right? Like, I don't care much for MMA. It's fine. But I like boxing. Uh, and even then, I could not bring myself to even contemplate not just spending that much money, but supporting the two douchebags who were fighting it out. Yeah, and the thing was, is like both of them. For, from honestly. from everything that I've read, it was the most boring fight ever. It was just yeah, a lot of hugging, hugging and stuff. <laughs> Where it was just like really, sh- I mean, like if, look, if it was an amazing fight, I can understand. But I'm you folks missed out on a great movie to go watch. You know, you know, two little tiny men fight each other <laughs> or anything. I'm just saying for a hundred bucks a pop. I can watch a lot of things that two men do after they finish hugging. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say there's about a, it. There's some back alleys and stuff. There's ping pong balls coming out of there's, orifices. You never know what could happen. It's plenty, a crapshoot. There's plenty of paywall sites online. I'm just saying <laughs> there's stuff out there. There are things. That I, that I think are more valid than watching those two. And games. the thing is, is you'll never get away from those memories ever again. <laughs> They will be seared into your cordia, man. That's not well, going away. Damn well brother. better be. For that kind of cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, if you haven't put two and two together, we're going to be reviewing Age, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, so hopefully Matt's got some new stuff and maybe bring up some stuff that I didn't bring up on the previous podcast uh, and stuff. So uh, hear, hear that whole podcast at hearmoviepodcast.com. Um so we're gonna talk about that. Let's uh, let's get into. I'm what gonna you... talk about a whole lot of Quicksilver. Okay, because uh, that's interesting. Because we we mentioned you in the podcast, and you haven't listened to to the show yet. No, uh, I but, haven't. I've but, been re- busy finishing up the semester grading and stuff. But so. we're gonna talk about the 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 dueling Quicksilvers that we have in our uh, in, in our movie universes as as we uh, what'd you, live and breathe. What you guys right say now. about me over there? We're like that so guy. Is, he's he's pretty cool. No, he, no, actually, <laughs> <laughs> any cool guys? Uh, no, but uh, because Bruce happened to, I believe, fall on the opposite end of the scale that you do, and we'll kind of we'll we'll talk about that. Okay, right um, but um, yeah, good stuff overall. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about that and stuff, and uh, you know whatever the hell else comes to mind. So you know, deal with it. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's get into it. Um, I guess we'll. Do you have any? How much do you have for what you've been watching? I, I just got one uh, thing. Well, so I, I was telling you uh, before the show, I tried to go see Hyena, the new uh, British crime flick. I'm going to try to go see it later this week. But there was some kind of issue at the theater, and I think your like, bad mojo uh, <laughs> with sound issues is starting hey, to rub man, off. It just because, rubs off. What can I say? Because I went to uh, – uh, I've never had this issue there. It's our, It's in Atlanta. It's the one like actually independent theater. It's not owned by anybody uh, except the people who own that theater. Hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. It was just like – occasionally just the i it sounded like the speaker became disconnected or one of the cables became disconnected right it gave like one of those loud pops when that happens Mm. and uh then i'd go and report it and the the guy would go into the booth and then it would pop back in right um so i imagine they they were having some kind of issue there's like Um, little cinderella mice coming in and just fucking with stuff (laughs) yeah right i'll do it again boom Uh, what dicks those little mice uh, um, all sassy anyway, shit. So, but, but I saw the first half hour and it was good Okay. Uh, it, it's, I mean it, I want to go see it again um, 
so I tried to go see that, but I will say I, I did watch uh, one other new release film this week. It came out in very limited release earlier this year, um, but it's this Australian um, kind of crime drama comedy okay. called The Mule with uh, Angus Sampson, who uh, if if you've seen him in anything, it's probably in uh, Insidious. He okay. plays one of the two um, – kind of tech guys that come with uh come with the psychic that investigates um been a while and i fell asleep during that movie i'm not gonna lie well fair enough he was also uh the lead in a rather um a rather good uh act like straight up horror comedy from australia um called the uh a hundred bloody acres that i think i reviewed once on this show yeah yeah um you don't forget a name like that (laughs) this uh, (laughs) This uh, show, or this movie, The Mule, is currently on Netflix streaming. So uh, if you've got Netflix, you can just uh, check it out. Um, But basically, uh, Angus Sampson uh, plays a guy who gets talked into smuggling drugs across uh, into into Australia from Thailand. uh, In his stomach, of course, heroin. Um, And gets picked up at the border by the police, by the federal police, Played uh, one of the detectives is Hugo Weaving, um, and because of their laws, uh, is held for uh, six days in a hotel room um, <laughs> on suspicion, which is which is legal, uh, and um, he has to fight the urge to poop the whole time. And uh, event they end up getting oh like God. extensions on the on the warrant and all this other shit, and it's it's actually really good. <laughs> what but, if it was called "Fight the Urge to Poop"? <laughs> I mean, oh my is, God, it's pretty much what the movie's about. Take but it, it, it is, it's it's really kind of uh, dark, but also funny at uh, various points too. Uh, and and Inga Sampson gives a really good performance. So uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's not the best thing I've seen. Uh, but it's, it was, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I thought it was just a really good, uh, smaller international film that you guys should check out the mule. Very nice. What about Uh, you? What you got? The only thing that I really have of, of super note is going to be, uh, I went out and saw the new Noah Baumbach movie while we're young, Mm -hmm. uh, with Ben Stiller and, um, my brain is just collapsing on me to, uh, it's Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Okay, I was just like, I can see your face, but it's been a long day, and I'm just like, who is the lady with the face again? And Adam Driver, and uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a, well, I mean, it's a Noah Baumbach film. So if you, I think if you like his films, uh, you'll probably dig it more than likely. Um, but uh, really great, and especially for somebody like so my age that I am right now, I'm kind of in between where these characters are. Uh, so, so Naomi Watts and uh, Ben Stiller play a couple in their kind of early forties and stuff, and they're kind of they don't have kids yet. They it's not for lack of trying. They tried a little bit, but it just ha- it hasn't taken uh, due to some just medical stuff. And uh, they're kind of they're kind of growing weary of the situation that they're in because they're kind of in a weird place in their life where they don't have kids yet, so they can't relate to their friends that do have kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with Adam from the Beastie Boys is actually one of like, what? That's cool. Um, so they they meet a couple over at a, uh, uh, wherever the fuck they were, and, um, you know, kind of a younger, kind of hipsterish sort of couple and stuff. And so they kind of, he, he recognizes him. He actually, oh, no, so they actually, um, 
they audit a class that he teaches. So he's a documentarian. Mm-hmm. He teaches a class to, you know, kind of make ends meet and everything. And uh, he's, you know, he's like, hey, man, so I saw your movie. And he's like, well, how'd you see it? It was like VHS. So he got a VHS tape and watched his documentary and really liked it and stuff. But he's been working on this uh, failed documentary for the past five years trying to put his uh, stuff together. And so when somebody... Uh, especially of a younger age, takes a liking to his work and stuff. You know, it's like, hey, you know, this person likes the things that I do and stuff. And uh, they they see that they're, you know, kind of young hipster lifestyles and everything of just kind of making things and being very of the moment and stuff. And, you know, they kind of envy that sort of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so you see these older people kind of, uh, I don't want to say regress necessarily. I don't know that that's particularly the right word. But, uh, you know, kind of enjoy, you know, the lifestyle of younger folks, but then still torn by the older uh, folks that, you know, or kind of more their age who are growing up and doing these things. And it's just a kind of dichotomy between, you know, kind of staying young and, you know, somewhat naive at the same time and being able to, you know, uh, move uh, your life about in whatever direction, however you feel, versus kind of settling into an older life and everything. And is that the right thing to do? And is it what we should do due to convention and things like that? Uh, so I think it brings up a lot of really interesting questions. And I think if you're, you know, anywhere between the ages of like 30 to 40, you know, right in that neighborhood, or maybe even a little bit younger, it's, it's, I think uh-huh. this is a great swath of uh, age range to actually go see this movie. Cause it made me think in a lot of ways. Cause I was like, well, I can see some of the stuff where I'm, you know, a little bit more like, you know, the younger people. And I can see myself going a lot of ways to the older folks as well, where it's just like, well, I don't really want to go out. But then it's like, I wish I had the energy that I had, the, you know, when I was younger <laughs> and shit. And so it's like, I'm writing this kind of, weird fucking middle phrase so uh it it meant a lot to me this movie and i I really really enjoyed it so uh especially i think if you're in that age range you know you're kind of 30s to you know you know even i'd say early 40s this movie might hit home fairly well with you i think all right but that sounds uh, good i want to see it i like i like bone box stuff uh i gotta say though i gotta say um oh what's this fuck there uh charles groden looks bizarre Uh uh-huh He's, he's old now. He's old, but like it's weird because he's got the exact same voice, but like his mm-hmm. whole like it's like his it's like the inside of him just shrunk and his face shriveled up. Not like you know you got old yeah. and then your face like like that kind of old, that skinny old, but only in the face. Well, you know, he he just uh, he 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 got like instantly old though. Like yeah, he's, like, he, he, he's been old for a while. Holy shit! What the fuck. He is uh, living in Atlanta, folks. Keep that in mind. No, <laughs> no, that's that's not what's going on. I don't know what the fuck their deal is. Uh, <coughs> it's, Shut up! It's Bedlam. Um, gotta gotta get my uh, Kevin Smith interview stylings on here. Shut up, dog. Not enough weed. Um. <laughs> uh, no, he. I mean, he, I. God, what did I see him on recently? It kind of looked like. Hell. I could be uh, wrong, I don't know. But I, I mean, he, whatever I saw him in, he definitely was acting, but uh, like knew his lines and everything. But uh, <laughs> he was cohesive. But, he was um, awake in there. <laughs> but uh, no, like, like you know, he's been old. he's old. He's been old forever. Like when he made the Beethoven movies, which is kind of what people our age know him from, right? Yeah, he, it's like forty-five. He was or something. old then, right? Um. And uh, I think he just he was ageless for a long time, and then uh, all of a sudden, just boom. But yeah, I mean, you heard it here, a, folks. Charles Grodin ages like an Asian woman. He's he's. I mean, he's eighty, right? Is he? Yeah, he's my, eighty years old. I got it right here. Goodness gracious! 
in that case, in 1935. In, in that case, I give a little bit of slack. He, you know, for 80 years old, he's he's very. I mean, like he just looks. Oh, like, I might, last, so so is that a recommend then? Yeah, that's uh, definitely that's definitely a recommend. Um, I, I yeah, it's it's a good time. It's a great movie. Um, I think everybody you know any age can definitely enjoy it. So it's a good time. All right. Oh yeah. All right, so uh, that with that, everybody, uh, let's jump into our new release review of this week, as if there could be any other. Here is the trailer for Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> I know you mean well. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. There's only one path to peace. Your extinction. I'm gonna show you something beautiful. Screaming for mercy. Everyone. Tangled in strings. Everybody, that was the trailer for Avengers: Age of Ultron, our new release review of this week. I always liked how creepy uh, Spader sounded in that uh, trailer, so that's why I played it. But uh, so, Matt, my guess is is and like mm-hmm. so, what are you seeing this once now? Just once, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I, like I've been grading it's shit. Not, so. Listen, I don't, listen. <laughs> excuses are like assholes, my friend. Everybody's got one. Don't nobody want to hear yours? Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's true. <laughs> Step it the fuck up. I will say this though: Sean saw it three times. I've only seen it twice, so I was like, and Bruce saw it once, but his kid was in the hospital, so you can't say nothing about that. Uh, God bless well, him. But I mean, kid, kid's go, doing good now, so that's awesome. Um, oh well, then he should have gone and seen it again. Yeah, he should have really because <laughs> even though he got out that one day, it's like make him go right back in. <laughs> it's just Get like that shit taken care of, son. We're finished. We got to go. This watch this another time. Daddy's got to work. <laughs> let's make this happen for no pay. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's let's start here, man. What were your initial thoughts? What what you what you think? Uh, well, uh, okay, I. 
Let's step, I like it a lot. Let's step back though. Let's step back a little quick. <laughs> you you said let's start. Here. I know, I know. But, but that's I, a. I mean, general thoughts are it's like my it's show. Good. I can change it anytime I want. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, but well, like, okay, so stepping up to this and everything, what's what's been your view overall as the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we've come to know it? Uh, I actually really like where they've taken things and what they've done. Uh, they, I have one s- small quibble okay. uh, as someone who likes them generally. Uh, I'm tired of them setting new things up, and that being what the movie's about. Okay. So, so one thing that they do really well is, is, uh, set up all these further connections to things. Um, but I, I don't feel like this movie was, uh, was actually a self-contained thing. And, uh, I think that's an issue. Uh, it's, it's one I also have with comic books. So, um, you know, like. What's the old Stan Lee thing of like every comic book is someone's first? So that's something that Marvel especially did really well was kind of give you a recap of kind of like, hey, here's a thing. Here's how this works. And mm-hmm. it, a lot of times it was done just within the panels of themselves. Nowadays, they kind of just have a one sheet thing that sort of kind of catches you up to a degree. But it was always kind of like they reiterate what Spider-Man's story was yeah, in, that's true, in a fairly organic way. I think, I think they're way. even doing something different here uh, that gets to me just a little bit. So so when I think back of, like on other franchises, for example, right, uh, in the past, the, the great ones, right, uh, Indiana Jones, for okay. example, okay? All of those movies connect, yes, in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they were each conceived of as not just setting up further sequels. Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so one of the problems that I have with the Marvel movies is that there is a significant amount of time spent in each film setting up the next movie. Uh, one thing in this one that did not work as well for me, even though I understand their need to do it was, uh, setting up the civil war storyline, mm-hmm. right? Where, where, uh, Stark and captain America really start to have their ideological division. Um, I just don't know that it needed to be addressed as heavily as it was here. Interesting, because I didn't hit me nearly as hard, and I think I think a lot of that is, is bolstered. And by the way, everybody, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. And, and, and the, the box office is in, in any indication. You've all seen it. <laughs> seen it. If you're one of the dozens of uh, fans that we have, uh, <laughs> come on, forget about it. You knew this was coming. You've seen it. You've seen the movie, but I mean, with the end and everything, I mean, they kind of they kind of shake hands at the end, as it were. They didn't leave on like kind of a philosophical, you know, fuck you, as it were. Yeah, but you know that I don't know. So much of this movie was focused on. Be uh, it, I just don't know what they're going to do. That's not rehashing. Do you see what I'm saying? Because because the plot of this movie, just on a pure. Uh, mechanization level of getting the plot going, right? Just on that pure engine level Mm -hmm. revolves around breaking the team up, right? Like that, that's the plan that Ultron has like, that's how he's going to win. He's going to divide the Avengers among themselves, right? That is at its core, the same plot that happens in civil war behind the same two people 
that have a major disagreement that really starts sowing the seeds here for that discord. No, I mean, I, I completely get that, but I think and, at the same time, I mean, and I'm not saying it doesn't handle it. Well, I'm saying that it is a problem when every movie that Marvel makes sets up the next movie that Marvel makes. There are one of the refreshing things about guardians of the galaxy was that, Yes, there are the Infinity Stones things there. It's going to be the next sequel before we find out really how any of that is going to be tying in, right? I mean, we know from comics, but I mean cinematically. Yeah. Right? So I just I just wish like they'd calm that shit down just a bit. Uh, there are certain things they do really well, like like embedding uh, embedding mentions of Wakanda. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, in, into the film and, and setting up some of that stuff uh, and all that's fine and dandy. But some things are just like they're so overt um, that I just feel like they haven't thought enough on a pure just story level to figure out how to make those elements that are leading into the next film j- just work for this one. Um. Uh, give, give me give me give me some example. I'm just uh, just because I'm not I I, I kind of I get it to a to a cursory degree, but like I, it maybe it just didn't seem nearly as 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 poignant to me as it did to you. I guess. Well, I'm just I, I think I think at this point I'm just really tired of them setting up the fucking Infinity Gauntlet for eight fucking movies. I won't I won't I won't say you're wrong there. So, this has so, been quite right, the dictees. So I mean I don't even like that doesn't bother me right the teasing doesn't bother me it's it's the fact that every single plot is the setup for some other thing later that we're not even anywhere close to yet no i mean i can i can see that but and, like and so and so i, I just like it's i think it's just becoming a problem with the marvel cinematic universe in general that every movie just sets up the next movie and that's its purpose, right? The purpose is not to tell us about Captain America and the Winter Soldier, for example, right? Like that, that plot could have been more self-contained. I understand why it wasn't, but they're not at all. And, and I think it's just time for them to think a little bit smaller scale with what they're doing as far as tying all these things together. And hopefully at some point, maybe after the Infinity Gauntlet stuff, um, the Infinity War, maybe we'll get there. But, uh, right, like we know that Daredevil's going to tie into all that stuff. We know that Luke Cage is going to, like all the Defenders stuff is going to tie in. Yeah. Um, but when I watch Daredevil, it's not pointing me five TV series and a movie away that that's where it's going to end up. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that property does it pretty well. Um, the, the one problem I had with age of Ultron is that it is a long setup for a storyline that has the same plot. That is civil war. And see, and I think that people see any of this shit. They they may they have a cursory knowledge of this stuff at best. 
I think the only thing that you're talking about, and, and it's a valid argument. I'm not going to, I'm not saying it's not, but I think the thing that you're talking about affects people like you in, and me. But, I, but it is something they know in, in hindsight, right? And like, it does fundamentally change the structure of how we think about franchises and what films are um, in a series, right? So, Well, they're, they're, at what point are you really required not to know any of the previous stuff that has gone on in order to actually understand what's happening in an Avengers film? Oh, I think we're going as... to very, very quickly approach a point where if you have not seen the previous 30-something hours of, <laughs> of films, right, Yeah, you, you will not comprehend even the smallest amount of what's going on. No, you'll certainly get no argument from me on that one. And I that's mean, an issue, I think. You know, if if you took your grandfather to this thing, he would not know from what's happening. You know, he's he's not yeah. going to get anything because he hasn't had that the the uh, the language explained to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I completely said, get that, I, but I at the really same like time, the <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, I guess, well, this is, I think, what we're, what we're more a little bit for is kind of just it's as far as like from a cinema standpoint to kind of break things down. Um, no, I, I completely get that idea, but at the same time, um, well, let me ask you this: I mean, would you rather? I, I almost, I will prefer this. And until they can prove me fucking wrong, we'll we'll talk a little bit about it, I guess, a little later, maybe. Right. Um, but at this particular point, like we said before, uh, you know, the box office shows everybody's fucking watching this shit. Now, at yeah. the same time, which would you rather have? Something that at least kind of peppers things along and has a has a vision for where it's going, as opposed to DC, which is just like putting a bunch of dice in a Yahtzee cup and throwing it on the thing and going, well, that's what we got to deal with right now. Uh, well. Here's here's the other dark secret about DC is I think they do have a vision and I think it's a pretty shitty vision. Well, yeah, well that's the problem uh, is right? that like, they have the vision, but it's just but I think it's you know what happens when you smoke crack rock in the back of an alley at three well, o'clock in the morning. So, so let's let's just talk about this for a moment by comparison, right? Okay. Like uh, there, so the big movie, honestly, that everybody's talking about is not even Batman Superman, which right? is so weird. It's it's Suicide Squad. Yeah. That's the movie people are actually anticipating. It's the one that people want leaks from. Uh, it's right. It's going to have the big hitters from the Batman universe, right? Joker is going to be in there. We're finally getting Harley Quinn. Uh, it's going to have Killer Croc, Deadshot, right? Supposedly some Batman of, himself big, will make an appearance. Supposedly, yes. Uh, and I would be very surprised given the number of Batman villains in that film if he didn't make it. You a, need to have a little something right? of Batman mentioned somewhere, right? Yeah, um, but here's here's the thing. So uh, this week, finally, they released like a, an actual cast photo of people in costume, right? In, it's all in gray, baby. <laughs> and and I will say, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and Katana look great. Deadshot with the helmet. Yeah. I mean, he he's fine, whatever, I, it, you know. Without it looks like, I mean, it's just Will Smith, to be frank. Yeah, it, it is. But the costume itself looks fine. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay um, with it. But but here's the other thing. Like, the rest of them, including Killer Croc, if he, like, are indistinguishable no. as characters. They're all, they're, they all have the kind of, uh, you know, the gears of war, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, and here's the other thing. I don't mind that because that that film has to have a certain look. It's a it's an action 
right? Over the top kind of men on a mission movie, right? Mm -hmm. It's being described as the dirty dozen of superhero movies. Yeah. That's fine. That's the aesthetic for that. Why does Superman look like he belongs in that movie? Do you see what I'm saying? No, you're not this wrong. Is, this, this is a problem with, with uh, the DC Universe as a conceptualized thing. And I have to say that it looks more and more like Zack Snyder is the person who's going to be overseeing all of this stuff. And I think it's going to collapse very quickly because as good as Zack Snyder is with visuals, um, his films look great and he's very good at aesthetics right and, and pleasing your eye yeah i mean but, even uh, shitty films like 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 sucker punch are beautiful yeah. to look at yeah but uh he cannot tell a fucking story to save his fucking life it's pretty tough um it, i mean you would imagine that as someone who has been immensely successful as a narrative filmmaker he might have come, like stumbled across some <laughs> understanding of how a narrative structure works Nope, not at all. Mm. Um, and and that's an issue, right? Uh, and, and I think we're going to see the problem that I've mentioned with the Marvel stuff, right? The constant pointing in, in the future direction uh, to a more overt degree in the DC Universe films. And um, I, I got to say, it's probably not going to look uh, reflect well once you look back at all the Marvel stuff that's been going where they've kind of done the same thing but since they're not botching the whole fucking deal we're more forgiving of it let me throw some some of your way here see what you think all right um what if uh and, and i this is just you know shotting out my ass over here i don't know what that means but shotting out, <laughs> shotting out the ass um so like, like scattered scatting, like a fucking buckshot but shot buckshot in the butt buck butt bush buck shocking that's all folks goodbye everybody um no so this is just kind of you know fucking around here but let's just say what if, like, say, after uh, Infinity Wars parts one and two, then that's kind of like the well. Let's be frank, you know, we're gonna inf we're gonna fight Thanos at this point. Uh, come oh, those yeah. come those movies. What yes. what about once when we get to you know the end of the Thanos era, as it were, and we close that book, and that kind of is becomes almost our restart in a sense. Well, here here's the interesting thing is uh, like it appears. That they're that they're just introducing shit way before that, um, like to anticipate, and the, and they have the characters that they're coming out right. So there's going to be a wave of films after Infinity War where they just do different stuff, and I actually really look forward to that era, honestly, because um, yes, Infinity War is really cool, um, but honestly, like some of the past few years of Marvel storytelling with the Avengers, particularly some of the Hickman runs on that book, uh, have been fantastic and they're fucking nuts. And if they can, if they have the balls to do that shit, once they get there, then I'm on board forever. Uh, like get hit, get Jonathan Hickman to write one of those fucking post infinity wars movies and, and just do that. Yeah. I, I just I think I think that would be the smartest thing for them to do is maybe I mean because it would be quite that but almost like a soft reset to just go like okay let's start really establishing we've got you know because it will be you know said wave three of this and if we think of things in a three act structure that third act being that closing structure of everything and then we kind uh -huh. of start you know wave four really starts kind of you know 
wave four slash act two of, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe as it were. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to go more intergalactic, I think. Right. Like, like I would not be surprised if they start getting crazy with some things like after the Thor films are done, I'd love to see a beta Ray bill movie. Right. (laughs) Like, like why not at that point? Literally why not? Everything will have been established. Uh, you know, people are on board beyond just the beloved team after, right? Like yeah. people went nuts in the theater when Falcon showed up. I mean, that's awesome, right? isn't it? And, and yeah, Falcon and War Machine show up on screen in the Avengers and people go ape shit. Yeah. And that's really fucking cool. Right. Um, so, so I think, you know, they, they like have not a, even C list characters, more D list type characters. Yeah, I mean, for as far a long as time, right. But because, for, because yeah. in the comic books, they have been given place of prominence in the past decade, right. Just because people are picking up those characters and doing interesting things with them. Yeah. Marvel has a well to dig from, uh, that is not just, uh, not just the Captain America Thor Iron Man kind of trio. To me, right? that's what's so uh, exciting about here, it. Here's the other thing, right? Like, we we still haven't, uh, after all is said and done, we still haven't gotten a fucking Black Widow movie, right? Um, which, uh, like, Jesus fucking Christ, what do we have to do to get a Black Widow? Like, everyone wants that to happen, including Scarlett Johansson and, like, everybody in the, right? Like, why has she not gotten one? Um, we haven't had a proper Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, although, well, we, uh, although we Joss know. Whedon thinks that probably won't even happen. Well, no, it's, it's probably not going to, because I, did you hear the whole thing about how Warner or, uh, uh, Universal still has the rights to single Hulk movies actually now? So technically- the full on rights, because the, the reappropriation of them under Marvel Studios had it that uh, Universal will retain distribution rights. Well, yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure the production sp- rights reverted stuff. to Marvel Studios back in 2007, I think. Yeah, I mean, and so that's more or less that, you know, I mean, and to a degree, you can't blame them, I guess. But uh, but they don't want, you know, Universal getting their hands on the money that well, you now know, that's they, they feel that is so rightfully but, theirs. Yeah, so that's a Disney thing at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we still haven't gotten that right. And, uh, you know, that's at this point another six years away as a possibility even anyway, right? Yeah. That, And so who knows what's going to happen to rights in between now and then. Um, but, I, you know, they're going to pick up the Defenders. Uh, you know, it's, it seems like a no-brainer that the Defenders are going to start playing parts in the films. Um, and I think it's just going to become a larger play uh, like sandbox that they're playing in. I know it's going to um, happen. Where, whereas right now it's just been – for the past, you know, six years, it's really just been, you know, five or six characters that they're tooling around with. And now they have dozen at least, right. With more to come. Um, so I, it's going to be interesting and I think they'll have plenty to do, but, but definitely from the characters that they're introducing, I think it's going to open up and expand into kind of a, a, a galactic, kind of franchise for at least one phase of it. Yeah. Um, right. So that, so that you'll get an Avengers film that is actually intergalactic as opposed to Thanos is coming for earth. And that's why the guardians show up. And that's why all this galactic stuff is happening because it's earth centric. But w- once you get past that, once you get to like captain Marvel and um, maybe some of the like new Avengers Hickman run uh, where it just is like crazy space opera shit. 
and, and, and conspiracy theories and all that stuff, uh, I think you can have a lot of fun with it. We still uh, don't know anything about what they're doing with Winter Soldier or what's going to happen with Falcon. Yeah. Right. Like I'm interested to see which one they they decide will be Captain America. Yeah, that, in, the, in the cinematic universe. Yeah, that's a, it'll be a very interesting idea because, there. Because I know, like, in the continuity, right, Bucky becomes uh, Captain America for mm-hmm. a story arc before Steve Rogers returns again. Yep. Um, but honestly, like, Bucky Barnes' best work in the comics has been in, like, spy runs, right? Like, Brubaker did a great uh, Winter Soldier run uh, where it was, like, Winter Soldier and Black Widow teaming up to do spy shit. Yeah. And that stuff is is where I think that character needs to be. I would love to see a Falcon, no. You're not wrong. That's a, they need to they need to especially with the the kind of further on you know stuff with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's where they need to really kind of taper off. And and that's what made like the first half of this shit really fucking cool was mm-hmm. because like. Iron Man is not like Captain America, is not like Guardians, was not like the Hulk. These are all such very different films, and mm-hmm. they need to have a bit of that action again. And that's what, and then when you bring them all together in the big uh, Avengers film, and then you have, like, it's just, the, it's the culmination of all the things that you built up before. I mean, think, I, I really want, I want the Black Panther movie to be so weird and out there. Oh, yeah. and well, then, and Doctor Strange, and Doctor right, Strange is, is going to sure. be batshit. There's I mean, no way to make a Doctor uh, Doctor Strange movie that is good and not have it be completely insane. I think one of the things about like uh, Age of Ultron that really had me jazzed was the end, where everybody is in upstate New York and everything, and mm-hmm. you see they're like, here's the team that we got right now. And you look at it, and yeah, they're not your traditional A-listers, but everybody's got to know these characters along and just goes, Fuck yeah, this is a team. Yeah, I can't wait to see these guys well, in action. And, and people really dug that ending too, right? Like, like they dug the fact that you know we, we have this new Avengers base and a new Shield base, and here they are training, right? Getting ready to train this new batch. The, yeah, exactly. The new, literally, the new batch here. Mm-hmm. And then you know when we, excuse me, when we when we bring in your your uh, your Doctor Stranges and everyone from the Defenders there. And, you know, eventually it's going to be I think it's going to be so much fun to do this. And then when we turn new leaf after uh, Mm -hmm. the the Infinity Wars movies and I mean, and they've made no bones about it here with Inhumans. They are running at, you know, kind of a new X-Men type style thing. So that Mm -hmm. in and of itself, I mean, the Inhumans has a chance to be able to actually go through and get movies in and of the characters within that movie itself. Uh, So that that's a big idea. Here's another thing that I that I'm just I'm curious about because we talked about this before you and I. Um, I so I actually have kept up with Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know Doctor Do. If you're listening to this show, there you go. I don't know if he listens to this one. I know he listens to H and P, though he doesn't like to admit <laughs> it. But if you're listening to this one, we got one that likes it. So give this one a five star. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, any anyway, um, so. <laughs> So I watch I watch Agents of Shield, right? And one of the big things this season has been the introduction of the Inhumans. Yeah, here they've been peppering. Right? And I mean it's more than peppering, like they're a key component of the show at this point. Um I'm curious as to whether or not that's going to actually hold any water at the point uh that the cinematic universe starts to actually deal with Inhumans, right? Uh it would be really sad if they don't. Because the entire purpose of them having a TV show is that it connects up with shit. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I hope they do um, because I actually really dig where the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show has gone at this point. Um, but we'll see. I think that'll be my biggest wait and see moment for for the post. Well, let me ask you this because because Sean makes kind of a good point with with, mm-hmm. with what we uh, when we talked about uh, Marvel and stuff, and especially when, since Daredevil has debuted and debuted to a, such a roaring success instead of going you know straight from like one season of Daredevil then the other characters and then we lead to a right. Defenders kind of series and or yeah movie. We're, we're getting another season we're getting another yeah. season of Daredevil so I mean it's it's banged off fantastically well mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean, do you, it's obviously they're very different mediums, as it were, in in, mm-hmm. a, in a lot of senses. But do you feel that because of the dramatic success that Daredevil has had, the Agents of Shield is really going to need to step up their game? And like I said, this is coming from a guy who hasn't really watched the series outside of like the first two or three episodes. So take whatever I say with a grain of salt. But so. Um, as far as so, me liking or d- comparing it to anything, because I don't know. Yeah, well, I will say that Agents of Shield has some structural issues that are that hamper that show and what it's able to do, because it is explicitly an offshoot of the Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. So, so Daredevil can kind of set up things and do things kind of completely on its own terms, and then get to a point where it where it connects up right that's just already there uh i think what threw a lot of people off about agents of shield is that uh because abc is a broadcast network they still right produce 22 to 24 episode seasons of shows uh as opposed to straight up miniseries right 13 Mm -hmm. episodes of daredevil and i have to say as someone who likes daredevil a whole lot if that had been 22 episodes, would people have dug it as much? I don't think Probably so. Probably not, no. I honestly don't think well, so. Well, I mean, right? that was what was because so nice about a, Agent Carter. tightness and cohes- uh, cohesiveness, right? But on top of on top of that, like, just you have to have that 22-episode structure uh, to be on ABC. if you're Because unless you're like Agent Carter, uh, where you were an eight-episode in-between-season kind of uh, pickup, right? Um where they were just kind of testing the waters on what it could be and do. Uh, if you have that long season, that's one issue. Another issue is that because it is an offshoot of the cinematic universe specifically, uh, rather than establishing its own rules before connecting up, is that there are, it's limited in what it can do, right? Because Because it has an explicit connection, the events that happen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that happen in the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's an explicit and, uh, storytelling that, that the show is able to do because it can't deal with things that the films might ultimately deal with uh, on the same level or really even uh, do anything besides set them up or respond to them. And I think just storytelling-wise, that weakens it a little bit. Uh, but that said, I, I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think it's it's turned into something that's quite good um, and, and maintained it. This season's been really good, actually. Whenever I can find some time, I'm going to sit down and really watch it because, honest to God, I, I, I didn't give it its full due just because of just a lot of just shit going on, a lot, a lot of things on the plate. The um, first 12 episodes are uh, hit and miss, and some of them are incredibly tedious, which is why a lot of people bailed on that show. Yeah. 
But once S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, is disbanded at the end of uh, Winter Soldier, uh, it changes direction a little bit, uh, becomes more about the team um, and their survival. And from there, it, it kind of works. Um, that's not just some some uh, slow moments that you don't really care about, but that's also just the nature of it. Because going back and watching the X Files, there's some fucking slow, boring ass, meaningless episodes in early seasons of the X. Well, all seasons, but even the early seasons that everybody says are fucking amazing. There are like two or three in all those seasons where you're just like, "Well, this is what happens when you got to put 22 episodes on the air." Yeah. yeah, well, that that was my question to you is, do you think that they would, and, and at this point, I guess you're too far down the rabbit hole, and, and going backwards would admit defeat uh, in, in some sort of weird-ass way. Um, do you think it would be, would it be a better show if they just said, we're doing 16? Uh, I think they should just do that. I think it would be a better show, because, it, like, it is, the, the biggest difference uh, quality wise between what it's able to do storytelling wise and what daredevil does storytelling wise is the fact, like I said, if daredevil was 22 episodes, it would be boring as shit for at least four or five of those. Like you would not even care about the fact that it was on that week, some weeks. Yeah. Um, at least four or five, if not more. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, they look, agent Carter was a hit. I mean, it was a minor hit, but it was a hit, and people want that. It got at least so, the same ratings as Agents of Shield, some not sometimes more. Yeah, I think the premiere in the last episode got more than Agents of Shield typically gets. Um, but you know, like, okay, just do split the fucking uh, show order, right? Like, give give this a really tight sixteen episodes a, a year, right? And then spend eight episodes dealing with other characters in a completely different show just do that every year that's your that's your full season arc you don't have to devote the full season to one show you just do two and split the runtime i think this is i think this is the future of television i think we're going to get away from the the longer story arcs i think we're going to go in half i mean uh you know cable channels you know your amcs and stuff have really shown that you can do this and do it quite well mm-hmm. uh and to even even if you just I, I'm not well, a fan of know, splitting seasons and truncating them like that, uh, but I, I think smaller chunks of things can really help you tell a story far better. Uh, it's just to make things concise and just don't try to well, jam the whole the, fucking here's kitchen the thing sink that in. Broadcast TV is up against right is that it is it is beholden to advertisers. Yeah, and advertisers uh, in the United States for network television need X amount of hours guaranteed for a hit show. Or they're just not paying the fucking ad time, yeah. right? I mean that's that is that is why there there are twenty two episodes of every fucking network show every year. <laughs> so keep this in mind, kids. Watch the fuck out of these Netflix things when they come out here, so we won't have to have these problems. And then you can just go to uh, premium sources well, like or, Netflix of all places. Or do this, sake. or do the opposite, right? Like go on Hulu and watch the thing with the fucking ads two times through the episode. And and that is honestly enough to tell the advertisers that even if a show has a shorter right, like they just care about eyeballs. Yeah. So and they care about eyeballs that are not just fast forwarding through their commercials or waiting for Netflix. So you know if if you fucking stream something on Hulu, like just let the commercial fucking play. Well, I know when there's I, when stuff I catch you can up, that will be how I do all this it. other stuff. Just that is what it is. 
and they're not going to get the message otherwise. It's all it's always the money for network television. Not wrong there. I mean, it's it's the money for everybody, but specifically on network, it is advertising, right? That any TV, cable, even, right? But network TV specifically is not selling their content to you, the viewer. They right. they don't give a shaws. I'm not saying that you need to just be beholden to the ads. I'm saying that does affect things, right? So if you're if you're just waiting around to watch shit because it's got commercials and you just want to hang out and wait until it's on Netflix, that gets shit canceled. Yeah, yeah that's no no doubt. I mean, it's not I'm not judging. I'm saying that is how the system works. Yeah. <laughs> so, so watch a fucking show on actual cable every once in a while. Take a take a breath, motherfuckers. So anyway, so that's uh, our that's review of Age of Ultron. <laughs> that's a complete sidebar. Here we haven't talked about fucking Quicksilver yet. Okay, let's talk. About, let's get into Quicksilver so, because so you tell have me different. About what Sean said. About, well, it's Bruce. Uh, so Bruce, Bruce. Right, so that's Bruce right. so really me, dug. Me Bruce said about uh, how X Men Days of Future. I haven't given a shit about watching that movie, and uh, <laughs> says says about. So. Well, and I kind of called him out, and I think it rightfully so, and he at least admits it. So, uh, but I said, uh, you know, he's just like I kind of liked, you know, Quicksilver and X Men more than I did here, and I rightfully pointed out, uh, you loved a scene, you didn't love a character, and that I th- is exactly right. We all love that scene. I don't think there's anybody that's going to tell you that that scene wasn't the best part of that movie because it mm-hmm. fucking was. No, um, it's great. But I, I that so that movie's been playing on HBO and I actually did sit down and watch it. And I like that movie. I'm not I'm just being fucking egregious for no reason. Uh, You're mad. What do we want from you? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like I like that movie's been playing on HBO recently. And so every time I've happened across it while it was playing live, right, not on demand or whatever, for some reason, the past three or four times, it has been exactly at that scene, like 40 minutes treats that character exactly like he treats most of the other X-Men characters. In, right. Uh, and that, and, and that to me just ruins, uh, my, my appreciation for that film versus what silver is in Avengers age of Ultron. Oh, he's a more I, defined character. You see him. Um, he, I also think that the speed stuff is handled really well in a completely different way. And I appreciated that too. Right. So it, it wasn't felt like the comics, didn't it? What's that? It felt like the comic, the way that they kind of portrayed it, didn't it? Yeah. Right. Well, and it, and it did in slow a weird... down time sometimes, it's, right? Yeah. So, there was a little bit of so that. Like there, there was, uh, I mean, it, and it didn't do it enough. So, or enough so that it became, Oh, look at the, you aping that, uh, aping the exactly. X-Men movie. But, but right, there's a really, like, it would go from really, really fast and then slow down and you'd see Quicksilver, like, punch Captain America in the face and keep like, running. Like, look right? at Thor's hammer and go, ooh, like, double back a little bit and go, ooh, check this out. It grab yes. it and then just go flying. And and it handled that really well. And it did. It looks like he does in the comic book. Um, and so there, I don't know. It also it gave him a character, right? He wasn't just... A plot device, which is what he is in X-Men. No, as no. good as that scene is, the only reason Quicksilver is in that movie at all is to break Magneto out of prison. Yeah, because it's a, it's a bitchin'-ass scene, it looks really cool, and then we send him off into the sunset with a clever line. Yes, exactly. That's right? it. Um, and I just think that it, it's kind of a disservice to a character that is actually really cool um, in the comic books. Uh, and, and here... I don't know if I'd say that it gets him exactly right. I just liked it more. 
Well, yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 a character versus a scene. So, and that that that, that was always my point is that I'm I'm like, you know, yes, overall that that he had a a better singular scene than this Quicksilver did, but this Quicksilver at least had a story arc uh, with him and, mm. and and Scarlet Witch. You know, just like the you, oh, you yeah, felt Scarlet something Witch between was the so two of them. Cool, man. God, I love that character in this movie. Like, she just looks cool. Well, I mean, uh, like. She's, and she's a great actress. I mean, that's, uh, that's yeah, I think, was the, one of the I great mean, parts is you got a really like, like good the, fucking actress for this role. The visualization of just, like, the, the creepy uh, way that she's walking and shit sometimes, right? Like, it looks good. It just looks good, I thought. Yeah. Um, here's another thing that I think we should talk about, and you guys probably talked about it on the show, uh, to, uh, you know, no one's surprise, right? Yeah, really yeah. given, uh, get, really get given some the uh, screen time. some good, some good deal. And I love how I love how you know Scarlet Witch is going around and she's giving everybody the little brain freeze. And you know, and it was, it was just like it was such a great line because it was just like, look, bitch, you, we, we recycled this shit from last episode. Mm-hmm. I already did this shit. No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought no, it was a great moment. And, and, but uh, so, like, just you, you really learn a little bit about Clint Barton, right? Uh, it's it's not a lot, but admittedly, it's as much as we know about black widow after her being in so many movies. Um, and, and I, I appreciated getting some of her backstory as well. Finally. Uh, I mean, I know all these things, right. Cause I read the books, but it's nice to see it not just be like, cause they're my favorites. I love Hawkeye. I love black widow and, and people kind of write them off and give them short shrift because they're not captain America or Iron Man three. And so to see, a movie attempt to give them equal footing in some way is is nice, actually. So I was really glad that Clint got a little bit of uh now they all got their time and everything and uh and it it shows that I mean, especially, you know, with him, it's just like, look, this is just a dude. Mm-hmm. This is just a fucking dude who's really good at this one thing that he does. Yeah. And th- that's an amazing idea. And and, and I like how amongst all these other like really super people and, and you could put Stark in as, as far as like from a genius perspective and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is, he's low man on the totem pole as far as like quote unquote superheroes go as it were. And to really kind of, we humanize him more than we have ever. And uh, I thought that was great because it lets you know that like, look, um, you know, heroes come in all kinds. You're going to have mm-hmm. these kind of, you know, crazy, you have your Captain America who is a, you know, kind of, a superhero who's a loner kind of person is not going out, can't relate to anybody. But here is a guy who's just a normal dude who's really good at one fucking thing. And he has a life, he has a family and shit that you didn't even know about. And yep. how like these characters can be a lot deeper than, you know, they appear on the surface. And, and yeah. I thought that was really great. Um, at first, I was kind of like I was a little weirded out uh, with the with the Natasha uh, and and Bruce, um, you know, kind of love thing going on. But I ultimately it worked for me. Uh, well, it brought a new aspect to these characters. Out. Yeah, it's it's because of how they actually treat the characters in the films, right? So I think the weirdness of the, of that relationship for a lot of people just comes out of their knowledge of where the comics are, right? Where where it's not them that have the interest. It's, it's always been kind of Black Widow and Hawkeye, right? Yeah. Um, but to see how that develops uh, differently is a nice adaptation, I think. 
And another thing that I really loved in here that I don't think is probably going to get enough of of the hype is Black Widow knows his family. And they're all yeah. friends and stuff. And I, I love that. I thought that was such a great thing because when you see these two yeah. together and they are pally-pally a whole bunch and you think, oh, there might be a little something there. And to know that there's not and to know that it's not one of these things that where, you know, she's really like, oh, he's kind of the one that got away and he's got this family and everything. And I, I, I love him, but I can't do that from. No, she, she, she's 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 Auntie Black Widow over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Auntie yeah. Natasha's coming over to the house and like. Exactly. And I no, thought that I like was that. so nice. Yeah. Well, when. And so there's an Easter egg that's often pointed out in the first Avengers film where where uh, Clint is wearing a necklace, right, that that uh, harkens to their relationship. Or, or is it Black Widow that's wearing it? Anyway, one of them's wearing a necklace, right, that harkens to, like, their relationship in the comics as as an item, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like the idea of, of, yes, they're no longer lovers, but they're really good friends, and so, of course – like being the other non superpowered member of of this task force, <laughs> right? Like, of course they have like an interpersonal relationship with one another, and Natasha knows about. Well, they're the normies his, amongst uh, amongst gods, so yeah, I mean, it's, right? it's tough. Uh, like, of course they do. Of course they do. Of course she goes over there and eats dinner and does other shit. Moment in the film, a whole lot. No, it, it it absolutely it it worked for me on on a big level, and, and I liked how we got to see you know kind of more backstory, and we got to you know, and and I thought she she did a great job even of just you know kind of painting a picture of mm-hmm. you know because we we do get to see a little bit uh, in the uh, the kind of uh, Scarlet Witch dream that she ends up having, mm-hmm. uh, but she paints a great picture when they're just in the room together of yeah. like here's what they did uh, you well, know upon our so graduation another thing that I liked about the Hawkeye uh, homestead sequence right is uh so f- for all my bitching about how much foreshadowing of civil war they're doing that shouldn't happens again and again throughout the film um like uh, like they handle it really well I think each time but I think it's just the number of times that they have that same fucking discussion about trust and power and responsibility and you know, uh, and like I get it, but also it's just fucking tedious. I don't know. It didn't. Hit, it didn't really. I mean, it didn't. Just to I, me, by watching know, it another time, it didn't hard. hit me that hard. So, and that's that's after two viewings. So I've, I would have. I thought I would have picked it up, but oh um, yeah, maybe it just stuck out to me, and and I dwelled on it each other time that I noticed it happening. Um, but in any case, in any case, in that fucking scene, I I thought it worked. Yeah. And it was nice. Uh, yeah, I, I said it before on the other podcast, but uh, I, I think Spader was fantastic in this movie. Um, oh yeah, he's great, right? His voice acting is amazing. Well, and it's not—I mean—and it's his but mocap acting. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, this is all his but, mocap. But, but, and when you look at him, his voice in Ultron like makes fucking sense. Is my point, right? Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> well, like, it's like he's—he's—it's a—it's a scary thing. And but when you look at like you know, I, I mentioned in the other show, it's just like when you know the head tilting to the side, just looking at other characters and stuff. It's just like that's him. Mm-hmm. That's a hundred and ten percent fucking James Spader right there doing that shit, and yeah. uh, it's good. It's really good, and um, I, I think yeah, that's, I, uh, I like this movie a lot, man. Uh, like I'm gonna go see it again this week once I'm through grading shit and and submitting things. So you I know, got I'm at least I got at least one more in me, if if maybe not two, um, because it was good. It was really really good. Paul Bettany really kind of uh, yeah. We haven't even talked about the vision. But just you guys probably talked the fuck out of the vision on not, the show, right? Not not super much. I mean, we did no. uh, we we did a bit. We caught, look. There's an hour of show, and like well, this show can go as long as we want because four well, people no, listen to it. We're wrapping soon. No, we are, <laughs> but. <laughs> 
No, uh, he was great in this and where where that character came from. And I love how, and, and I mentioned it in that show, is this like, it didn't even like register in my brain. It's like, I knew it, but it didn't register in my brain until the end. It's like, oh yeah, uh, Scarlet Witch and, and, and Vision are uh, together. And I thought, I'm like, and they totally leave it for that to, to happen down the road. And so I thought that was nice. And it didn't hit me until like when they were kind of just showing everybody there. And I'm like, oh, fucking yeah. How about that? <laughs> and yeah. I, I think I think where this is going from here, I'm, I'm very interested to see how, how Civil War is going to happen out. Um, and what's going to happen with Ant-Man? And I think that's going to, to me, that's almost the biggest question mark right now is because of all the Marvel movies that are coming up, this is the first one. I mean, now granted Thor, uh, the dark world had, it had a change of directors, but, uh, she kind of went out on top of that one, I think. <laughs> but, um, it wasn't as significant as this one because, you know, Edgar Wright had been on Ant-Man since practically the Marvel Cinematic Universe had begun. So he'd been developing that thing forever and ever and ever. And then to just almost leave just before production and then to be picked up. And then and I think this movie, um, if uh, it, this may be the first chink in the armor, I certainly hope it's not. And I think, I mean, I'm on the train of, you know, I'm I'm on Team Marvel until they can prove me wrong. I always am going to give a benefit of a doubt until you really, you know, throw a stinker in my face at this point. Um, but I got to say, man, that second uh, that second Ant Man trailer really stepped it up from the first one, and I'm it, it's going to be. I think it looks good. I think it's going to be one of the bigger d- departures from the comics itself in a, in a lot of ways. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But I'm digging to well, see the, what they're going to do. The biggest with it. thing, the biggest thing I'm interested in is is what's going to happen to Thor. Um, so. So this movie, right? I mean, the vision is called the vision because it's Thor's vision, right? Like he literally is Thor's vision um, about what's happening, right? Or what will happen in his home world specifically, but also kind of bigger picture. Uh, so as we all know, like the next Thor is, is called Ragnarok, which mm-hmm. is the, the twilight of the gods, right? In Norse mythology. Um, it's not Fraggle Rock ripoff. No, but Shit. Uh, so I was reading this, uh, they are this speculation that, that I actually agree with knowing what little I do of, of the Thor mythology and, and where that series has gone uh, in the comics. I mean, not the actual Thor mythology, but in the, in the comics. Um, so we know that uh, Hemsworth has signed on for six films. That film will be his fifth. Okay. Then okay. Um, Thor... Uh, uh, dies at one point. He also takes over, right, as a uh, king of Asgard mm-hmm. at one point. Um, the thing that I was reading uh, that I that I agree with is uh, he's going to have to go back and deal with shit on his home world, and that's going to keep him from the Avengers for a little while. Smart move. And so what's what's going to happen is all that stuff's going to be playing out in uh, the other side of the Bifrost, and he's going to have to come back and help them kick some ass at the end of the Infinity Wars. And that will be the sixth film. Yeah. I have no doubt that, that he will like play a key role there um, because of how galactic and mystic and shit like that the, the, the amount of pieces that are going to be on i don't even want to call it a chessboard. this is a risk board that they're going to yeah. be doing with uh uh, uh uh the infinity wars parts one and two mm-hmm. are going to be nothing short of astounding the russo brothers have got quite an uphill battle for themselves with this bad boy 
Well, we'll see what our expectations can be when Civil War comes out next year. Yeah, well, so, you know, so. Hey, they've done well so far, and doggone it, they seem to be the horse that Marvel's betting on, and uh, and I, I I think they got a they got a good head over there at the Marvel. So, yeah. at least for right now, at the time time being, like I said, like I said, <laughs> prove me wrong until this point because I I'm kind of. Uh, uh, I've been that way since I was a kid, though. I've always been kind of a Marvel over DC guy. I mean, not to say that I dislike DC, but I've always kind of been a more more Marvel than DC. <laughs> right on. Uh, well, uh, so do you have any final thoughts you want to wrap up with? Or? Like, and I can't tell people to not go see this movie or to go see it because they've either done one or the other. If you haven't gone and see this movie, chances are you're probably never going to go see it, mm-hmm. uh, which I did talk to somebody who, like, one of my managers at work, he was just like, oh, did you see the Avengers? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you check it out? No. Like, what the, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who are you and why are you here right now why am i why are we here right now let me go take you to go see that it's good uh so i'm like i'm confused but so my chances are you've probably fucking seen it and if you haven't and i can't convince you otherwise but it's a fucking good movie just you know you'll buy it on blu-ray i really it's highly only, enjoyable the only thing i'll say closing out then is i will just say uh boy oh boy oh boy do we need a director's cut on blu-ray because you know from word on the street is you know, you got a half hour to an hour of stuff that was probably cut out of this bad boy that was Loki. actually shot, including Loki. Um, uh, and also, apparently, uh, Quicksilver is different uh, at a certain point, a key point in mm-hmm. the film. So I, I, I want to let's let's make that happen, kids. Uh, so uh, Feige, get on top of that, will you? Uh, but other than that, yeah, obviously a strong recommendation for me. I, I really enjoyed it, and we'll uh, we'll we'll watch again. D- ditto. Uh, okay, well, so so people should go now and uh, immediately after listening to us talk about this for for fifty something minutes, uh, just go and if they haven't, if they're one of the ones of people uh, that listen to our show that don't also listen to Hear a Movie podcast, they should go and listen to Hear a Movie podcast. Yeah, because we get we get we're more specific on the story there. We kind of covered a lot of the swath of the universe here, which I think is good for uh, you know definitely covering both of these things because we didn't get into the universe building on, on that show. So I de- and I definitely talk about the industrial and uh and aesthetic kind of context a little more nice. i think but it's, it's a nice uh, I, I, it's a I nice think i need to it's the yin and the yang you know it works well good because uh no one would ever listen to this show otherwise otherwise you know <laughs> <laughs> these two schmucks no thank you these guys are talking about the same sh- you guys are reviewing batman versus robin get the fuck off you're like here. look i listen for sean and bruce <laughs> I have no. I I don't doubt that that is the truth for maybe even a majority of the HMP listeners, yeah, <laughs> which is why they haven't transferred it's, over to this show. It's my show. <laughs> it's my show, and I get to do whatever I want with both of them. I pay the bills, baby. I pay the bills. It's uh, true, and thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so, what we're gonna do uh, next week? Uh, we we don't know. There's no Super Avengers size movies next week. So, sorry about that. But, yeah, we, but there's that uh, there's that Reese Witherspoon cop movie, which I gotta say, with. second trailer I liked a lot more than the first. I think it still looks bad, but yeah, I agree. I liked the, it a lot more. The first trailer really sucked. The second trailer looked like it had at least a little bit more going for it than I saw to begin with, and I was like, okay, well, this might be at least stomachable. Uh, yeah. For the most part, but I th- I think that's the only big thing. Honestly, there's there's some other stuff coming out, but like whatever. Now I'll probably I'll, there's a couple things out in, in release right now that I haven't got a chance to go see, but I'm gonna swing mm-hmm. by a theater and uh, well, kind of see that, that stuff. I haven't. Too. I I don't know what's playing uh, at the indie stuff. I know that uh, like next week here. Yeah. So I know that Maggie is supposed to come out soon, and I'm really looking forward to that. 
Um, we'll see. We'll I'm ho- see. I, ho- I hope it's good. I just I do too. I I. And here's the thing. I mean, with with me, I believe ninety nine point nine percent of all zombie movies suck the big one. And um, there's you, also that uh, Jack Black, uh, James Martin, Marsden movie. And yeah, D Train. I don't, I don't know how wide that's going. So, anyways, but we'll we'll definitely be back for Hot Pursuit and some other stuff. So uh, you know how we do on this show. We cover it all, man. That's what we do. We go to movies for you people. So yeah, if uh, yeah. if you appreciate us doing that, because we appreciate you listening, why don't you head on down to thefilmfind.com, click on the uh, subscribe on iTunes button under your left there, go and drop us a five star review on the Am- on, on the iTunes there. It's been a while since we've had that, so we really uh, thoroughly appreciate anybody that would take the time out. And if you got any uh, you know questions, comments, whatever, we'll read it on the show. Email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. Uh, so until next week, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the interweb, sir? Uh, well, uh, I'll finally be back to blogging uh, as of tomorrow at conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com. Uh, I've been posting kind of videos and shit like that, but I'll be actually like putting stuff up uh, regularly starting again tomorrow. It's pretty much all been uh, Michael Jackson gifts, right? Uh, well, no. Oh, Although fuck. that's not a bad idea. I'd do um, that. Any, Him anyway, just eating so, popcorn. So there on <laughs> the thriller video. And, and also uh, at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith on the Twitter. And of course, you can follow this show at The Film Find on Twitter and listen to my other podcasts, Hero Movie Podcast at HeroMoviePodcast.com. All the links are up on The Film Find and HeroMoviePodcast.com. So that is it, everybody. Big giant review today. Thanks for hanging out for everything. Uh, that is it. Next week, Hot Pursuit and many, many other things. So why don't you go ahead and subscribe and that'll be awesome. So until next week, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody. Take it easy, everybody.